Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM. Let's create. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hey, y'all. You're listening to the Vitamin D Podcast with Dawn Day. And I'm here to shed light into your life, giving you insights and perspectives that can help you discover what exactly it is that you can gain by trusting you. And when I talk about gain, I don't just mean material things. No, I mean something deeper. I'm talking about gaining that spark, that thing that lights the fire in your belly, that spark that ignites the twinkle in your eye. I'm talking about spiritual growth. I'm talking about coming to the realization and walking in it knowing that you are your greatest asset. And as I think about how to grow and how I've grown, what I keep coming back to is this. Sometimes the moments of loss is where we gain our greatest growth. Like for me, it came down to losing my mother. When my mother died, I realized I got a bet on me. I go so hard because of my mother. I wouldn't be where I am. And you know, losing my mother at 25 was like a double-edged sword because on one end, you miss the fact that your mama, you know, the person that you rely on to do all that you do, the person that's going to give you the encouragement. But on the other end, I got to go so hard because I don't have my mother here. I don't have anybody that I can just completely lean on. It's over me that propelled my growth. And in that moments, the last moments I, I spent with my mother, I learned that sometimes the greatest form of love is letting go because I had to look at her and I said, Mommy, if you're in pain, you can go. And I grew up in the character of 
not being selfish, of understanding that time is short and you cannot wait, understanding that dawn, I got bet on me. And so thinking about that, I thought it would be good to talk to a good friend, a mentor and colleague, Carla Farrell, about what it means to become who you want to be because of the losses that we've experienced, the losses that we've had, and despite them, how we've seen our life come to a success. So we talk about our similar experiences in losing our mothers and learning how to move through the grieving process and how our support systems pull us through and help us shape our understanding of these moments when our worlds are suddenly shook. So without further ado, it's time for your dose of vitamin D. Get your vitamin D right here with me and get excited about your life. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vitamin D podcast. It is my esteemed pleasure to welcome the one and only Carla Farrow. What's up, Dawn? How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm good. You know, uh, it's a lot going on outside right now. Yeah, it sure is. It's a lot. This COVID-19, this pandemic, a lot of people are being challenged about who they are, what mm-hmm. they're doing, and how they're living. Mm-hmm. This is so true. All of us are, for sure. And, you know, we're just seeing a lot going on where, you know, not only is the virus taking lives, but just the chaoticness was going on with social injustice. Um, we got people battling depression. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And, it's and a it, lot. it just reminds me of what we're going to talk about today. And it has a lot to deal with loss. And, you know, just thinking about the climate of like we were talking about what's going on. We also think about our own personal loss, because whether it's a family member, where, whether it's a job, uh, whether it's, it's just the loss of being able to get out is something that's missing. And I feel like, you know, it's right now it's time to get to the heart of the matter. And I said, what better than a woman that does it all? OK, a black woman who's a boss, a.k.a. girl boss, who is the program director of the nationally syndicated Steve Harvey Morning Show, a loving wife. And what sparked me, what touched me the moment I met you as a mother, each time I would see you with Tasha and I would tell you, I said, oh, my gosh, Carla. You remind me so much of my mother, the way you handle with her, of what I've seen, of just being so present. She's my uh, little angel. She's my miracle baby. Um, You know, we, you and I, Don, you know, we have a lot in common and we both have lost our moms and it is very hard to, and I know there's a lot of people watching this podcast that have been dealing with grief and whether you lose a parent, a, a loved one, a, a, a child, I can't even imagine with all of the violence and crime that's going on this summer. There's a lot and you need that family and you need that village. So for me, when I became a mom, it was very, very, very difficult for me because I thought that my mom would be right by my side teaching me how to be a mom. Like I grew up seeing her being given it all. She sacrificed everything for me. I was her only child. 
And so a single mom and she was doing it and I watched her sacrifice everything. And I was like, hey, when I get grown and I grow up, I'm going to take care of my mom and I'm going to do all these things. And I did to a certain point. And after she passed away, I became a mom a few years later. And girl, there's no playbook. There's no formula. You just have to do, like you say, be present, love your child and do the best that you can. Whatever works for you and your family and what your formula. You know what I'm saying? There's no manual to it, and especially in these days. It's right. like, what in the world is going on? And that's what I wanted to talk to you about because... Um, Having the loss of the mother. So, you know, uh, for you, if you're listening right now, uh, Carla, her and I share the aspect of both of our mothers died of cancer. Now, was your mother breast cancer as well? Yes. So let's just talk about that aspect. How old were you when your mother passed? I was 35. I I myself. So I was 10 years prior. I was 25. Yeah. And, uh, It was kind of like one of those things that it shakes you. It's one thing that you you really can't explain what it is that you're feeling unless you're going through it. But it's like a shift and, and it's like a whole movement. And, you know, when I think about motherhood, that's something that you don't think like your mother is ever not going to be there. Like, you know, they're not going to be forever. But the whole idea that you're not going to be here, like what? Right. And so, you know, even looking at you and observing and just seeing you on social media, just hearing you talk Monday through Friday on the radio about how much you love your daughter. You know, you talked about, I was watching an interview that you did with Angela Stribling of the WHUR. And one thing you spoke about, you talked about the loss of your mother and you said, I didn't know whether or not I would know how to do it. And when I see you, I'm like, well, I don't know if there's a better playbook. And you said, I owe everything I am to my mother. And I too share that same story. That's right. So I wanted to talk to you about, you know, your relationship when it came down to your mother and how she influenced who you are today. Oh, man, I was born in Chicago and uh, my mother and father got a divorce when I was very young. I was like five. And I remember my mom told me, uh, you know, growing up, she told me when I was like maybe four years old, I walked into the kitchen and I asked her, why, why don't you and daddy hold hands? And she was washing dishes and she said she dropped the dishes in the sink and broke the plate and said, here I am trying to stay married for my child. And she already she can see that it's pretty much over. And so that's when she decided that she was going to leave my father. They got a divorce and I, it was tough. I didn't have a great relationship with my dad. You know, I remember my mom was to call my dad. Hey, I, we're divorced. You didn't divorce your child. Be present, be, be there. You know, she needs to see you. She's disappointed. It was all of those things just growing up, you know, on top of everything growing up in Chicago. Well, my mother decided my grandmother lived in Houston. And so her mother, and she decided we were going to move to Houston. You know, living in Chicago, it's tough. You know, you're from Detroit. Living up north, it's a tough way of life. And so my mother said living down south would be a better lifestyle for us. And so she decided we were going to move to Houston, which I didn't want to do. I was like, no, I don't want to move. I don't want to leave Chicago. The shot? No, no. And my mother was like, my dad was moving to Los Angeles. And my dad's people left Chicago and went to L.A. And so I was like, well, I ain't going out there. So move with my mom. And we were two peas in a pod, girl. 
And that was it. I mean, we packed up. We had a Pinto. My mom had a Ford Pinto, baby. We packed that Pinto up and our dog, and we came to Texas. <laughs> so so about, what was she baby. like? Uh, my mom was an avid bowler. A lot of people don't know that. She worked um, in Social Security. She was a social worker. She worked for Social Security Administration for many, many years. She was an avid bowler and she worked hard. She worked hard and she struggled. And I remember going, uh, graduating from high school in, in Houston. She filled out my applications for college. And she was like, you're going to go to a historically black college and university. And I was like, oh, well, some of my friends are going to UT and Texas A&M. And she's like, you're not. You're going to an HBCU because if we don't go to these colleges and university, who will? We have to support these colleges and university. My mom did all the paperwork. So I went to Prairie View A&M University and it was hard to watch her struggle to try to help me get through college and all these things. I got, you know, I did an internship and in radio. I didn't know right away what I wanted to do. Though. Oh, really? I, radio wasn't the first. Oh, no, 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 no. I was on the campus and I went to my major was social work because that's what my mother did. Dog. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I wasn't one of those kids in high school. Like, I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. I'm like, child, what? I don't know. And when I went to the social work uh, sociology department, I should say, on the yard. Uh, the dean was like, why are you over here? And I said, well, because this is what I'm supposed to do. He said, who told you that? I said, well, that's what my mom does. She does social work. He said, well, what do you like? And I was like, not this. <laughs> and he said, what do you want to do? And I said, hey, I like music. He said, what else you like? I said, I like to talk. He said, go on over to the communications building, girl. Get out of here. Change your major. Get on over there. And when I got to the communications building, I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, and worked in radio, broadcasting and all of that. So my mom was there for me. My childhood, she supported me. Uh, she was my everything. I'm trying not to, I don't want to cry and tear up. Right and cry I probably not. will. I know on the podcast, but I got my, got the tissue. <laughs> but, um, that's, that's it. That was, that was my girl. And then it was three generations. It was my mom and her mom. And we did a lot together. My grandmother was a nurse. You know, she worked two jobs. And when I was a little girl, I would wash her uniforms and hang them drip dry. And I had to polish my grandmother's white shoes. I had to lay mm -hmm. them out. I took pride in her wearing her white, nurse's white to work. And I would lay out newspaper and I would polish my grandmother's white shoes to make sure she looked clean and white. And she went to work in her uniform. And to this day, I, girl, I probably won't even wear white shoes. I walk right past them. <laughs> I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> but that was, uh, I had a wonderful childhood. I was raised by two women, but my mom, my grandma was there all the time. But my mom, it was me. It was when you saw Pat. You saw Carla, and that's how it was. Pat and Carla. My mother's name was Patricia. Okay. So uh, you're only child? Only child. Okay. Yeah. I have a cousin, a first cousin, who's very, very, very close. And he used to live with my mom. So he's like my brother. But yeah, okay. I'm an okay. only child. So yeah. you kind of, that's another shared narrative that we have of just having that strong mother where it's just like you're invincible. Because even right. myself, I was raised um, by my mother solely. My dad, he died when I was three months. 
and I have an older sister. So um, that's all I knew. It was just like that strength of being strong and standing up and being bold. It's interesting with all you know. And then here's the whole process of a woman who handled everything and getting to the yeah. point in which she had cancer three times. And oh, I knew the frustration I was in when it got to a point that she couldn't open her drink. She couldn't put a fork to her mouth. And yeah. this is probably the first time that I've ever, you know, sat down and shared with somebody who's experienced a similar loss. Mm -hmm. Because not only was it jarring when she took her last breath, but it was also jarring when I realized that my mother was human. Right. Right. I know. I know. Um, it was uh, it was tough. I remember when my mother uh I got a job offer to work radio in Chicago at WGCI. And that's one of the, you know, biggest urban radio stations in the country. And uh, my mom was recovering from cancer. She was actually in remission. And I was very, I had a horrible engagement. This man broke my heart. He ripped my heart up, just broke my heart. And I wanted to leave. I wanted to be away, but I didn't want to leave my mother. My mother's cancer was in remission. She was doing fine. And I was going back to a city where I was born, where I was from. And being able to work at a heritage radio station that I grew up listening to. Come on now. Hello. I get a chance to be the boss up in there. Let's go. My mother supported me and she pulled me to the side and she said, I'm fine. But just know you're you take your heart with you wherever you are. Geography is geography. So if you're running from this man, just know in Chicago, you're going to still have to face and deal with these problems. And the reason why I'm jumping in to tell you that is because when my mother, when I got to Chicago, my mom got sick again. And so I worked there as long as I could. And I begged the bosses that be, I have to get back down south. I got to get a job. And they said, we don't have anything for you. We don't have any jobs for you down south. Don, I would fly back and forth home every weekend from uh. Chicago to Houston. Every, my best friend would be right at that airport. She was right there picking me up so I can be, you know, with my mother and help her and help her fight. And I remember going to the hospital and talking to the doctors and the nurses. And I would walk up and down the hall and see all these people going through chemotherapy and uh, dealing with radiation and dealing with the emotional part of cancer. And I asked the nurse, I said, why are so many people here by themselves? And she said, baby girl, there's so many people that don't, they don't have family members that are sit there with them while they take chemo and talk to them. I said, well, I'm going to go sit there with them. She said, okay. I said, what can I do? She said, take them crackers, take them juices. So whenever I would take my mother to get chemo, the nurses would have everything laid out for me. And I would go to every station and, and pull the curtain back. And I would sit there and watch The Price is Right and game <laughs> shows and Young and the Wrestlers with all these people. And they thought they were like, that's so sweet of you to come in here. And I would sit there and watch the the trip and watch the camera go, you okay? You mind if I go see Mr. Such and Such and Mrs. Such and Such? Sure, she, they're waiting on you. And I would go back and get juice and crackers just to help them with the nausea and all that. My mother, she was like, you don't have to do this. This is so 
why do you feel the need to to help all these people? I said, I gotta do something. I gotta, I can't let these people just feel like they're alone, you know, in this. And it was um, it was hard. And I thought that my mama got it. Hey, she gonna beat this because I'm right there, you know, with her. And finally I got a job in New Orleans, and um that was the closest they could get me, you know, to Houston. And I accepted that job and Love the city. What's so ironic about New Orleans? My mother was born in New Orleans. Really? My grandma. Yeah, that's what's so ironic. My grandmother was born in New Orleans, but they were raised in Chicago. So they didn't know much about New Orleans. They knew about the outskirts, but they didn't know much. So when I moved and, you know, I met my husband. Girl, I got me a man. (laughs) Which is another. That's a victory, too. Yeah. Oh, girl, yes. And he would come home with me to see about my mom and uh it was it was hard Don. I it, it's, it's just I don't wish you know I want to say the blank word to cancer I don't I don't wish that on nobody so your mom passed when you were 35 yeah what was do you recall or remember how old you were when she got diagnosed the first time because then you said she went into remission I was 25 when she was first diagnosed 10 years like for myself, my mother first had cancer when I was three years old. I remember her standing there cutting off mm-hmm. her hair. I didn't know. And my mother, just like how you were just talking about how strong she was, I didn't I didn't know how serious cancer was until she had it the third time. The second time I was in eighth grade, and I remember I was just doing things that were off. Like, and I was president of student council. I was a lead, you know, leader at my school. Leader. Yeah. And when I told the teachers, I don't know if I something happened with the test. And I was like, yeah, I just have a lot on my mind. My mom, she was diagnosed with cancer. And immediately, uh, my seventh and eighth grade teachers, we went outside and we just started praying. And I was just like, okay, my mom's fine, mind you. I was so conditioned that I didn't even realize that being with my mother and the fact of her hands turning black, you know, and her hands are peeling. There are times that my mom would pull up at a light or before we leave, she would put her head out the car, puke and keep going. So when you talk about my pedigree and why, like, you know, I go so hard because when you have a mother like that, you don't know any other kind of way. But something Mm -hmm. that I thought about, even what you said how did you know? How did you know what to do? And how did you know cancer was as serious as it was? Because now looking at me now, 10 years after the fact almost, I understand the severity of cancer. But a 25-year-old, yeah. how did you know? You know what? At 25, and, and, and I'll say this, there's a lot of myths, if you will, about breast cancer in black women. You know, it was, you thought that black women Father's Day is coming, a day we celebrate the guy who's always there for us to crack a dad joke. Well, you know what's not a dad joke? Getting $50 off the Bartesian Premium Cocktail Maker with the purchase of his favorite cocktail capsule pack. $50 off. No dad joke. See, this is a dad joke. I lost my glasses today, and guess who I bumped into? Everyone. But the Bartesian cocktail maker, it's no joke. Each cocktail capsule contains real fruit juices and all natural bitters. So dad can make over 60 premium cocktails he loves. Sidecars, old fashions, gimlets, all with the push of a button. So for the dad who loves a cocktail with friends and a good joke from time to time, get the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. $50 off now until Father's Day. 
Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash father to get 50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of 1 carat plus and receive a free natural 1 carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now. Breast cancer, you didn't hear about it a lot like we do now. And that's, I lost my mom to breast cancer. And that's why I'm a tireless breast cancer advocate because of that. I didn't know. And like you said, Dawn, same thing. There were people that worked around me. Let's pray. And I would pray and everything, but I'd be like, you don't know, Pat. You don't know, Pat in my life. You don't know, my mom ain't never been sick. She gonna be fine. It was that I had that same attitude. So when she went into room, Father's Day is coming. A day we celebrate the guy who's always there for us to crack a dad joke. Well, you know what's not a dad joke? Getting $50 off the Bartesian Premium Cocktail Maker with the purchase of his favorite cocktail capsule pack. $50 off. No dad joke. See, this is a dad joke. I lost my glasses today. And guess who I bumped into? Everyone. But the Bartesian cocktail maker, it's no joke. Each cocktail capsule contains real fruit juices and all natural bitters, so dad can make over 60 premium cocktails he loves. Sidecars, old fashions, gimlets, all with the push of a button. So for the dad who loves a cocktail with friends and a good joke from time to time, get the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. $50 off now until Father's Day. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash father to get 50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. 
It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now. Mission the first time, I was like, boom, doctors don't know what they're talking about. God praying, healing, God got this same thing. And then my mother got sick again, you know, and it was after I got married. I remember when I was planning my wedding, I remember, well, I'll, I'll just, I'm revealing a lot to you now. So, dad deserves something really nice for Father's Day, but let's face it, we usually don't do it. Big gifts are for Mother's Day. Picking something up on the way is for Father's Day. Well, let's make Father's Day something this year with the Bartesian Cocktail Maker. It whips up over 60 premium cocktails on demand, each ready at the push of a button. And right now, you get $50 off the Bartesian Cocktail Maker when you buy one pack of Dad's favorite cocktail capsules. Dad will publicly love that you saved 50 on the countertop machine that crafts premium cocktails on demand. And he'll secretly love that you splurged on him for Father's Day with the gift of a Bartesian. Because the only thing that lets Dad know he's the world's number one dad better than a world's number one dad coffee mug is an artisan cocktail in his hand. Make dad's Father's Day and Father's Day cocktails with all natural juices and bitters without making any mess at all. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash father to get $50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Artesian, premium cocktails on demand. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. 
Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now. When I was engaged, I was pregnant. And I told my mom, and my mom was like, well, girl, you ain't going to be wobbling down the aisle now. So <laughs> let's plan this wedding a little, <laughs> little sooner than we anticipate. So I wanted a December wedding. I wanted Christmas. Father's Day is coming. A day we celebrate the guy who's always there for us. To crack a dad joke. Well, you know what's not a dad joke? Getting $50 off the Bartesian Premium Cocktail Maker with the purchase of his favorite cocktail capsule pack. $50 off. No dad joke. See, this is a dad joke. I lost my glasses today, and guess who I bumped into? Everyone. But the Bartesian Cocktail Maker? It's no joke. Each cocktail capsule contains real fruit juices and all-natural bitters, so Dad can make over 60 premium cocktails he loves. Sidecars, old fashions, gimlets, all with the push of a button. So, for the dad who loves a cocktail with friends and a good joke from time to time, get the Bartesian Premium Cocktail Maker. $50 off now until Father's Day. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash father to get 50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now. And my mother was like, no, we're going to do it in August because I'm going to be too sick. Oh, okay. So, okay. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Right. Because she was already in Texas and that's when you were in Louisiana. That was the closest you can get to her. I got you. Right. So I would come home every weekend, just drive and see it. That was a six hour drive from New Orleans to Houston. It was nothing. So my mother was like, no, we're going to plan it in August because I'm going to be too sick in December. And I said, Mama, what are you talking about? You don't know when you're going to be sick. I'm going to have it in December. No, you're going to have it in August. It's too hot to get married in August in Houston. <laughs> it's not happening. And so my mother-in-law at the time, my future mother-in-law-to-be, she said, well, your mother wants to get married in August. That's when it's going to be. I was like, it's my day. It's not her day. It's my day. She said, we're doing what Pat wants to do. So I told my mama, okay, we'll pick a day. So she picked a day, August 21st. So I got married August 21st. Now, before we actually, I actually walked down the aisle, I had a very, very painful miscarriage. So I lost the baby. And I remember we were home the weekend and I was talking to my mom and I was in so much pain. And she ran out the bedroom and she called my Husband, Tosh, she was my fiance, and she said, I, she's in a lot of pain. And they took me to the doctor, and the doctor said, you know, you're losing the baby. You're going through that process right now. And so I looked at my mother, and she got up, and she held my hand, and I said, Mama, this sugar honey iced tea hurts. And she said, now you know what labor's going to feel like. I said, women do this every day? <laughs> and she's she like, yes. I was like, oh, uh-uh. <laughs> so, you know, my mother was there through all of that. And then I got married. And then three months later in December, my mom passed. She knew. Were you there? I was in New Orleans. I was coming home to Houston. It was right before Christmas. My mother died on December 21st. Her birthday was December 6th. So she passed away three months after I got married. And all of my mother's friends and girlfriends, they all said, at your wedding, she told all of them that I can go now because that man loves my daughter and he going to take care of her. And I ain't got nothing to worry about. And I didn't know that. They told me that after my mother's services and, and funeral and all that. And they said, she, she knows you're okay now. I was like, what? She told y'all all that? 
They said that's why she didn't want to get married in December. Cause she did she said she didn't want people to feel sorry for her. And are you okay? You know, how you doing? She didn't want the pity party. She didn't want all that. She just wanted to enjoy her daughter's wedding and have a good time. And we danced and we partied. That's how she wanted, you know, to remember good, it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. even leading up, did you realize, did you realize how sick she was before she passed? Towards like Thanksgiving, I did. I started because I went and talked to the doctors and they told me that. And my mother, she told me, she said, you know, you're in denial about what's happening. And the doctor came in and they talked to me and I exploded on the doctor. I told this doctor off Mm -hmm. about what was happening with my mother. And it was an oncologist and she burst out crying. Cause how I was like, you better figure it out with my mother. She cried, cried, cried. And I stood there and I watched this doctor cry. And my mother was in the hospital bed and I looked at her and I said, I'm sorry. I didn't realize how harsh I was coming at her. And she said, I couldn't save my own father. My father just passed away from cancer. You know I want to save your mother. I couldn't even save my own father. And this doctor, this oncologist broke down crying. I had to hug her and hold her up. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's what I'm saying about blank cancer because it is a disease that is so it's emotional. It's vicious. It's mean. It's, it's all of those things. And it's just no one deserves to ever have to deal with that, any kind of cancer. So, yeah, girl. And, you know, once my mom passed, I looked at my husband. I was a newlywed. I was married for three months. And I just looked at him. I said, well, you're all I have now. You're the only family that I have. And he was like, girl, I got you. Wow. You know, he said, it's just me and you. And I was angry. I was angry, my God, I was mad. Did you feel angry that your mom left and that she didn't fight hard enough? Because that was something that I crossed in my mind. Yeah, I had had an issue with that too. I thought she didn't. And um, I was angry with God and my husband pulled me to the side. And he was at my mother's house and he told me, you go upstairs and you get on your knees and you pray and you cry and you talk to God and you get it all out. But you can't walk around angry with God because it'll affect us as a, as a marriage, as a union, as a family. So you and I prayed and I talked to God and I came downstairs and I felt so much better at that time, you know, in that moment. And I started studying the word. And, you know, reading the Bible more and going to church and, and just getting closer to God. And I think you just learn to live with it, Dawn. I don't think you ever get over it. I don't think for death for anybody. I don't think they get over it with a loved one. You just try to learn to live with it and survive. And I think just like how you were saying, like God presents himself in different ways to carry you through those moments. Because yeah. even the third time when my mother was sick, you know, yeah. I, I was... Uh, I was the local producer for the Yolanda Adams Morning Show. Yeah. And so yeah. doing that show, it was gospel music constantly coming in my ear. My mother was a type because I had to get up probably at 3 or 3.30 to get to the station by 5. 
Mm-hmm. And in Detroit, she would call me every month. I'm like, Ma, I'm fine. Don't do it. But even in that process, I didn't realize like all that gospel music was carrying me because in my mind and being in New York and her being in Detroit, I never computed how sick she was. Uh-huh. And I think I started understanding because they had to give her the medicine, uh, like the morphine to help with pain. And she yeah. was just kind of, you know, just now the way too. And I would be upset like, Ma, you're not listening or Ma, you're not trying hard enough and not understanding the sickness. And it probably wasn't until I had went home that, that Christmas before because she passed in February. Mm. And we, we, we were going to do some laundry. We're doing laundry and she experienced some pain in her chest. And so I was like, okay, mom, we probably need to go to the hospital because at that point she had been in stage four for about four years. And again, my mm-hmm. mother is invincible. And to me, right. there's nothing that she cannot do. And the moment that I realized she was human or like, my God, she must be sick. I sat there, she was laying in the hospital bed and she cried out for her mother. Whoa, mm-hmm. I had never felt so helpless And that's why it was kind of a trigger, even though the whole situation with George Floyd, when somebody is at the point that they're calling out for their mother, what? And here I am, 25 years old, and I'm looking at my mother, the one that, that's all I know. I don't, you know, I don't have, my father's not here. So, you know, and my sister, uh, she was dealing with preeclampsia. She was pregnant. So, you know, she was under a lot of just dealing with that. And I think that was that moment. But I think, you know, when we talk about loss and dealing with that, I think one of the strongest forms sometimes of, of, of loving someone is letting go. And I had mm-hmm. to get to a moment when I went back out there and I had to say, like, Ma, it's okay. Because when I'm down there and I'm seeing you and it's still not registering that you can't open your drink. You can't put the fork to your mouth. And I'm angry because I said, Ma, you're not trying. Yes. And it's almost like that kind of grace that you have to give with yourself as well as your loved one to say, okay, so I'm interested to know what was your grieving process like? Yeah, I I went through that. I felt like uh, I remember one day I was on the phone talking to my mother and I was mad and I said, mommy, you're not trying hard enough. You're not fighting it. She hung up on me. My mother never, ever hung up on me. And I was driving and I told my husband, I said, oh, mom just hung up on me. He said, what did you say to her? He said, how dare you say that to her? And I called her back and I cried. And I remember I, uh, when she got really, really sick, um, it got to a point where my grandmother, my mother's mother was still alive. And she was watching her daughter And I remember she called me and said, will you please allow me to take care of my child? Oh. So what do you say to that, Don? Because I was come to a point where I wanted maybe to move my mother to New Orleans. My job was there. My husband's job was there. And the doctors were advising me against it. They said, it's too much. You have to come here. Her doctors are here. And I said, you're right. And my grandmother called me and she said, I know that's your mother, but that is my first child, firstborn child. Will you allow me to take care of my daughter? Now, my grandmother's a nurse. So I said, yes, ma'am. I would have never forgave myself 
telling my grandmother, no, you can't take care of your child. And we moved my grand my mother to her mother's house. So I knew that my mother was being taken care of by her mother, who was a nurse. And my mother, when she passed, um, they told my best friend, they didn't want to tell me because I was at the airport getting oh. ready to come there. And so my best friend called crying on the phone. I said, what you crying for? And she didn't say anything. And that's when I knew that my mom had passed. She couldn't say it. And I screamed. I was in the New Orleans airport. Now, this is 2004. So this was like shortly after 9-11. 9-11 was what, 2001? Mm-hmm. So you can't be screaming. You can't be going off right. in the airport. You know, they're like, hey, what? So it was these black women. They pulled me to the side. Now, mind you, my mother-in-law worked in the New Orleans airport. And she wasn't there. She wasn't there that day. And they said, these black women, they were older and they took the phone out my hand. It was, you know, flip phone back then, took the phone out my hand and they pulled me to the side and people were boarding the plane and looking like, what's wrong with her? And they said, what happened, baby? What happened? And I told them, and I said, my mommy's gone. My mommy's gone. And they said, okay, we got to call somebody. And they said, who can we call? And I said, my husband, and they were looking in the, you know, the flip phone, trying to find what's his name, what's his name. And he had just dropped me off at the airport and he turned around and came back and he pulled up in the front. Every time I walked through the New Orleans airport, I get this feeling, Mm -hmm. this eerie feeling. And he pulled up and those, those women sat there with me and held me until my husband came and I flew home. He and I, at that time, he called his boss and said, I got to go with my wife. My mother-in-law passed. And I remember my one of my girlfriends, her name is Natalie. She had lost her mother to sickle cell not too, um, not too long before my mom passed. And I told my family, I want Natalie. I want to talk to her because she's the only one Can I that knows what I'm going through right now. And Natalie drove and was at my grandmother's house and just waited, you know, for me. And I saw my mom, you know, and it was just, it was heartbreaking. It was, um, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that had happened, that my mother was gone because I didn't know what to do. And then across the hall, there's my grandmother's pastor. He's coming in. He's in he's in the house. And I just sat on the floor and I said, how's my grandmother doing? Because right. yeah. she had lost her daughter. Lost her baby, yeah. She had lost her child and she couldn't even talk. So she pulled me to the side later and said, I was there when she took her first breath and I was there when she took her last breath. And I think in that moment, that was that was for her. You know what I'm saying? I, I wasn't there. I wasn't there when my mother actually passed. So for her mother to be there, you know, um, I never, it took me a moment to look at it from her perspective, from her point of view. So I was like, well, I got to take care of my grandmother. You know, and I did. My grandmother passed away two years later. 
but I was her daughter then, you know? So it was like, I got a second chance for a little while, you know? And then I just think my grandmother just died of a broken heart too. Mm. She just, yeah, she had two kids and my mother was her oldest daughter and she wasn't the same. So did you find that even after your mom passed, did you have different fears or feeling like you you don't know what to do? Because I, I know like, I notice different things like, you know, I don't know. You know, I would love to have my mom at my wedding. That's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, just different moments of celebration. Milestones. Yeah. It's, it's a, you know, you want to be excited, but the first one you want to call is your mom, but your mom's not there. So I'm just curious, how did you transition? Because all that you've been able to accomplish and experience that loss, what was the fuel how did you do it? What advice do you have? She's there. Your mother is there, Dawn. She, uh, everything that you're going through, she's there. Everything that I went through, I had to know that she's there. I am so much like my mother. It is <laughs> hilarious. People in my family go, well, look at Pat, child. <laughs> you know, when they say they go, Pat, I mean, in my pictures, my daughter she looks at pictures of my mom and she's like, mom, you look just like grandma. I am so much like my mother. It is. I mean, I don't, I like to bowl, but not like she did. She was an avid bowler. My mother was almost a professional bowler. She was mm -hmm. good. You walk to any bowling alley in Houston. They, if I say my mother's name, they say, Mitch, Mitch, <laughs> your mama was a legend. I mean, when she, at her funeral, those those people stood up when they wanted to recognize that she was a bowler. She was a professional bowler that she traveled. You should have saw it was like bowlers from all over. They just stood up to, you know, recognize and honor my mother. So that if you notice uh, back in January, it was Tasha's birthday. And she's like, Mom, I want to do a bowling party. So my family, we, we, we said bowling, let's hit it. You know, that's a part of good memories that I have in honoring my mother. It, I'm not going to tell you there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about her, that I don't miss her. She never got to meet her beautiful granddaughter. And, and it was so funny because when I got married and at my, I had a, <laughs> I had a uh, wedding shower. I had a few wedding showers, but I had a wedding shower in New Orleans and my friends threw my wedding shower at Lil Wayne's house. <laughs> what? Wow. One That's of my pretty wedding epic. Shows. Uh, that was crazy. My mother was at that because my mom was like, who house is this? Why you got a jacuzzi in the living room? <laughs> but I remember I was getting all this lingerie and all this stuff. And my mom was like, yeah, grandbaby. Grandbaby. She just wanted me. She wanted to be a grandmother so bad she just really wants to be a grandmother so i know that she's up above and she's watching oh i know i'm covered and i know she's there and i'm not gonna sit up here and tell anybody that's listening and grieving and and, and you don't miss them but you just got to think about the good times and the good memories and they're right here and forever in your heart and i know people say yeah 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 but it's the truth because that's all you had and you know that she comes and visits in numbers. And I noticed like, I know when my mom is there to say congratulations, because even when I debut my weekend segment, of course, I wanted to, to tell her. But it was interesting, Carla, right after uh -huh. everybody called, 
and I'm talking to everybody, having the conversation, the moment that I had a minute to be still, the time uh-huh. is 444. And she loved this song. I don't, I can't recall who the artist is, but um, if you don't know me by now, you'll never, never know me. Uh, if uh, you uh, don't. Harold Bell's in the blue note. And it was her saying, Dawn, I'm proud of you. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, like, even for you, like, has your outlook changed on life? Oh, yeah. And, and oh, how yeah. you use your time? Do you find yourself holding your daughter a little closer because you know what that could be like not to be there or just you don't want to miss a moment? One thing with my daughter that she had that I didn't have was a dad there, a dad being there. So family to me is first over everything. And I think that now that everyone's gone through COVID, gone through having to sit down and be at home and quarantine, it, you know, time to reflect and, and think about those things. But I was always like family over everything because life is short. And when you don't have the family that you thought you would have or would be around, then you start to appreciate and value all the time that you have, because, you know, I was on bed rest. I had a very complicated pregnancy. My pregnancy was difficult. You know, I had a miscarriage before and the doctors told me this is going to be very hard. You know, I waited till I was 90 to have a baby, but, (laughs) oh, but it was hard. And I was in the hospital on bed rest for two months. Wow. I couldn't get out the bed out the hospital like I could get out the bed to go use the bathroom and that was it so going through all of that that journey you know I look at my daughter like girl you better appreciate me do you know what I went through to get you you know the things that you hear moms say I'm one of those moms now to look dead at my daughter uh <laughs> you know like those moments they become precious moments you reflect on them and then you just live you just live your life you don't exist you live you have to live you have to live yeah and that's it I don't want to walk around so there are moments done where I will look at a Hallmark commercial and bust out crying because it'll be something that reminds me of my mother. My husband will be like, where'd that come from? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but, you know, and then I'm through with it. You know, I Tasha has come downstairs and I've just been in my bed crying, crying, crying. We sold my grandmother's house recently and the tenants moved out and I I felt that they didn't take care of the property the way they should have. And I went to the property and I cried, 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 cried over because it was childhood memories for me, that house. And, you know, I had to let that part of it go. So here I am crying about some trash in the front yard. I'm talking about crying Dawn, like everybody been like, girl, you're going to be all right about this trash. But I was, because my grandmother would never, ever allow that to happen you know she took care of her property and value so it was it was one of those moments so there are going to be times i'm saying all of this to say there are going to be times in your life you're gonna have moments you're gonna get sad you're gonna be happy you're gonna thank your mom for 
the memories and the lessons that she instilled wow. in you. Yeah. You're going to have all that. It's going to be up and down, but it's going to be more ups than down. And that's, sure. that's why I tell people all the time, like when you see me, you see my mom. Everything exactly. that I am is what she instilled in me. And I just, I remember even, you know, being around her and when she was sick, Carla, it was almost like I was trying to prepare my brain yes. for what could happen. Yes. And when I would go back and uh, from New York and I would visit, it may sound yeah. weird, but I'd just smell her because I wanted to know, remember what you smelled like. Uh-huh. I would even take, um, I have, uh, they had something called like this, uh, was it Amivo? It was something like this uh, mini recorder. And I uh-huh. would just ask her all the questions because she's the last bit of knowing about my father, knowing about me. And, and I just remember even when you were talking about um, being pregnant, she, I have on video where I, she was telling me, she said, Don, she never said Don. She always called me Don. Uh-huh. Don, you know, having a baby is like going through death. Mm-hmm. And I uh, say that. Well, just because your body goes through so many changes. Oh, oh It's okay. not an easy yeah. process. Yeah. And, and at the time, my sister was really like, she went completely blind. Her blood pressure was up. So, you know, even my sister ah. of dealing with all the pressure of your mother is dying. And I think probably she understood more than what I did because I kind of, I was kind of spoiled. And I say that yeah. in the sense of I didn't live it every day. You know, and it's only when I came home to Detroit that I really fathomed to imagine. I think, you know, God has a way of protecting us and catering each child to what they need. And I just think about you and your story because you had had two major losses within, would you say like, was it two years or three years time span with your first child miscarriage? No, it was uh, a year. It was months. It wasn't even a year. It was Carla, months. how it was did a- you do that? How, how did you stay on your feet and still be a boss? It was over God, girl, through the grace of God, through prayer, through strength, through having my family. You know, my husband's family, we're so close to it. They're my family. And my husband has two brothers. It was three boys going up. And when I'm around my in-laws, Girl, I have so much fun, you know, because I get to see, you know, I have my mother-in-law and and my father-in-law and my daughter gets to be with her grandparents. You know what I'm saying? So it was, I just appreciated my new family. I had a a new family and it was hard. It's hard, you know, holidays and (sighs) spending with my in-laws and not being able to be with my mother. It was tough at first, but I, I don't know. You know, I just know she's there when I'm cooking with my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law, she's from Louisiana, baby. baby. She can cook. Burning in that hey, kitchen. Hey, what she you can say? cook. So there's certain things, though, when we cook and we lay out the menu, like for Thanksgiving or whatever, she goes, now you cook that and that because that's your mama's recipe. You cook that. I ain't cooking I'm a cook. You know, it's still the tradition and family, and that's what you have to do. Find a way to have those traditions and memories and good times. And I remember my uh, my brother in law, my husband's little brother, my brother in law. He got a chance to meet my mom and talk to her. He loved, loved, loved my mom. So I know one time I was cooking, 
and uh, cooking a recipe of my mom's. And I remember my brother-in-law, he likes to cook. My husband, no. <laughs> but my brother-in-law, yes. He uh, was like, oh, wait a minute. That's the recipe uh, your mom had? And I said, yeah. And he's like, oh, okay. What, what do you do with this? What do you do with that? Just fun times, just memories. And just, you continue with that. And I don't know, for my daughter, I just try to be strong for her. Because it's so tough out there for us as a people, as a race. And I have to teach this black girl, this little black girl of mine, about black girl magic. Me and my husband make it a point to remind her where she comes from, who she comes from, her ancestors, her history, her culture, who her, and not to mention her grandmother, her grandparents, her great-grandparents. It's a lot that you have to, to do with children. And you just want to show them that it's not all bad. It's not all sad. And that you hold on to these memories that your family is telling you about and these traditions. And, you know, there's things that my daughter, she is the sweetest. And I know a lot of people kind of pump up their kids, but my daughter is very, very, you met her. Mm-hmm. She's a very She's sweet a star. little girl. And everybody likes her. Everybody loves Tasha. Kids want to be around. I remember this little girl. Um, <clears throat> she's white. She's a white little girl. And on her dance team, she pulled her name for Secret Santa last year, this past Christmas. And she got Tasha these gifts that Tasha wanted. And she said, well, I had to get it for Tasha. Everybody likes Tasha. Who doesn't like Tasha? She, <laughs> and she said in her smile. Now, this is a girl who's 12, 13 years old saying this about another little girl, a little white girl. She said, and she said, Tasha's smile just makes you happy. You know, so wow. to hear that that's the kind of daughter that you have and that she's so kind and loving, uh, you know, all of that comes from family. And and my mother was like that. Tasha reminds me a lot of my mother. She's so much like my mom in so many ways. And my husband's mother, she's like her too. She's those two women together. We be cracking up, me and my husband. When she does something, I may call her, look at Pat. Or my mother-in-law, her name is Winnie. We'll say, look at Winnie. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so you never know with these kids. They pull from all kind of genes. Right, and just sometimes you never know. You know, your mother just seeping in just to say, I'm right here. Yep. And I I wonder, I didn't do this, and I'm thinking about doing it. Did you ever go talk to anybody about or get seek therapy? Like, how do you, you know? I thought about it. I still think about it. I still think about going to therapy and, and, and dealing with the grief. I just haven't, and I didn't, and I became so busy with especially when Tasha was born, you know, my mother-in-law lives out of town and I didn't have help. I didn't have anybody to help me with this little bitty premature baby that I had. You know, my baby was, yeah, my baby was, you look at her now, girl, you can't even tell, honey. She's so tall, strong, athletic. Yeah, she was a preemie. She was 4.7 pounds. And it was funny because when she was born, she was in the NICU, and she wasn't like 
you know, <laughs> you know, when the doctors are coming to nick you, you see these little bitty micro babies, the little bitty creamy babies. So they would look at Tasha and they go, who big old baby is this? Because she was too big for the preemie section, but she was too small for the regular section. So they look at the micro baby and then they look at this baby. Well, she almost five pounds. Why is she over here? <laughs> you know, and it was so, so funny. And when she was born, you know, it's a premature baby. They said, listen, we can't let her go home till she learns how to. Breathe. You know, the bottle and breathe on her own. She didn't have any problem breathing. They just wanted to make sure that she knew when she sucked the bottle to breathe, to remember, to do those steps. And you have to teach her. I had to teach her that. And I remember it was an older nurse. She was a white nurse. And she said, like, you just don't. You just don't have trouble. You're going to be here for a while with your baby doing that. You're going to have to really teach it. And I was like, Right. And, but, right. So this, it was two sisters. They were nurses in the NICU and they had on that protective, you know, when nurses wear the protective uh, PPE and all that equipment. And they pulled me to the side and she said, you just bought a black little girl in this world. Show them what time it is. Hello. And I was just like, oh, okay. You ain't saying nothing about the word. Girl, I opened up that incubator. I picked up my little bitty baby and I said, you're going to show them that you you can do all of these things that they don't think that you can do in the time frame that you can do. She held my little finger. Tasha was holding on to my little finger and all these things I would have to teach her to do every single day. And I remember the doctor coming and saying, wow, she ready to go home. And the black nurses looked at me and winked. And it, it's just how, you know, labeled out the gate, you know, from day one, how the, the heavy burden is. So can you imagine what our mothers had to deal with when we were born? With, there's so many things that we just don't know that they had to deal with. So stuff like that, oh, what? <laughs> you know, just little things to try to teach your daughter what your mother taught you. Just think about all of these things that your mother taught you to be who you are today. Right. Can you imagine? Right. So now that I'm a mother and I got help, I have a husband. I can't even imagine doing it without help. I, my hat, I salute single moms, single women every single day. Cause there's no way that I don't think that I could just be all that I am and raising a daughter, but they do it every single day. Raising a child. Women do it more than one child. Mm -hmm. So we are so strong. Women are so strong. All races. I have friends that are of all backgrounds. But let me ask you this. Do you think there's a such thing as trying to be quote unquote too strong? Yes. Because I think myself and you know, because that's all I've known how to be strong. So you know, the idea of feeling like without or lost, that that's kind of odd to me. And as I've matured, I've realized how much strength it is and to be vulnerable. I don't want to say sweet, but just to feel it. Because when my mom was sick, Carla, I think I think I'm just nature because I am a go-getter and I'm about my business. I can mm -hmm. get lost in my work. And so I think there were times where I found myself busying myself with my job. And those are ways that I coped with it. And it wasn't probably until years later that I say. Oh my gosh, my, my mother, she's gone. And yeah. I think 
you know, you know, when I asked you earlier about the grieving process, my moment didn't happen right away. It probably started hitting me years later when I was like, oh, there is actually a void there. And I remember back in New York, the assistant program director, Cynthia Smith, I remember I was like, okay, you know know what? Now I got to speak and I got to inspire and I got to do this. And she said, wait a minute, Dawn, you need to take care of yourself. Yes, Because you just get so used to just displacing it. And I just want to encourage anybody that if you have suffered for a loss and if you have gone through anything, that it's okay to feel and be in your moment. Because you can't keep escaping and understanding that you do have to take time with yourself. Absolutely. And you don't, guilt, Mm. guilt is... It's useless. It's a useless feeling. It weighs you down. There's a lot of that that you have to uh, deal with. And for me, guilt was one of it because I took the job and I went away. I went to Chicago. I should have been here. You know, just all kind of guilt feelings that I had. Maybe I should have took care of her. I don't know. Did grandma do all the all of this, all of these guilt feelings. And you have to. I kind of, when my mom passed, I was just like, she's on a trip. Because my mother would travel a lot to bowl. So I was like, oh, she's on a trip. I went through that for a very, very long time. And it wasn't until I decided to, after I had Tasha, (laughs) it's so funny, uh, Steve was ready for me to come back to work. He would send boxes and boxes of diapers to my house every <laughs> single day. I'm serious. The UPS man would go, is your baby using all these diapers? Is, <laughs> is there something wrong with your baby? I said, no, no, no. It's just my coworkers are ready for me to come back to work and they wanted to make sure I had everything I needed. <laughs> I had everything I needed. It wasn't until I got ready to come back to work after, because I was on bed rest, that I realized, oh, I'm going to have a babysitter. Oh, I don't have, oh, oh, (laughs) you know, it just started hitting me. Like I can't call my mama. I can't. Can't call your mama. You know, have you ever had a moment? I remember my mom first passed. I would pick up my phone looking for her call. Yeah. And I was like, oh, she's not calling. Absolutely. I had a, I did a, a little project before my mom passed away for my wedding. And. Um, one of the guys at the radio station, I had my mom like record some stuff and, and I saved it on a hard drive at my job. Well, I worked in New Orleans and then I, I transferred the stuff to my home computer. Well, Katrina came and destroyed. I had nothing with my mother's voice on it. So Katrina came and I lost all of that stuff. I just, I just broke down. I don't have a video for my wedding. All of that was at my house because of Katrina and my father-in-law recorded it. All I have is pictures. I, um, I share that similar because the way I was saying that I would ask her these questions. I have this device. Uh-huh. Interesting enough, I was in New Orleans when the device stopped working. I had went Girl. down there for essence and um, probably a couple months, probably because I just knew she was sick. And I was like, I need to just ask questions just 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 in case. And just because yeah. I just asked the inquisitive part of me and yeah. the device, you have to plug it in, but it wasn't charging. 
So I have the device to this day and I refuse. I don't want to just ship it off because the data's on there. So yeah. I have to get it off. But yeah, I would, I, I, I can definitely relate with that. And I have it where I've just saved different voicemails and things like that, just so that I can make sure and keep her voice there. I don't know if I play it back now, but you know, it's just good to know. Yeah. I wish I had that. I don't even have that, you know, because all the stuff that I thought of to do once she passed away, my, my mother passed away December of 2004. Well, Katrina happened in August, 2005. So I don't have any of that stuff. You know, so it was a lot. I, I remember talking to a friend and they say, you might should go to counseling because you've been through a lot because I had a miscarriage. I got married. I lost my mother. Six months later, Katrina happened. And Carla, you haven't even mentioned like life, just regular life stuff. Right. Katrina happened. Um I moved to New York. My husband lost his job because of Katrina. We moved to New York and my husband had to start over. Now, keep in mind, my husband is a mortgage loan officer. And so when we moved to New York to start the show, Steve Harvey's show, the housing market crashed not too long after that. So then my husband lost his job. And so he had to start all over again. Now, I mean, how the market's back. He's fine. But after that, two years later, I got pregnant and had my baby. So it was, and I had my baby in Houston. You know, I wanted to, I didn't want to um, be far from my mother-in-law at the time because I was on bed rest. I didn't know what to expect. And the doctor was just like, you're going to have to be in a hospital. You can't be a bed rest on home, at home because you're not doing it right. Cause I would, I would get up and they was like, you obviously don't understand. I was like, oh, you mean being in the bed like all the time? And they was like, yeah, like the entire day, all the time. I was like, oh, I'm not doing that. And they was like, well, you're going to have to. And if you don't, we're going to put you in the hospital. And sure enough, I got up. My husband had taken me to the hospital because my baby tried Tasha was going into early labor. And they was like, nope, we're keeping you. And that was November. Wow. And I didn't get out. My daughter was born January 17th. Oh, so you had a good two and a half months. In, in the hospital. Wow. Wow. So, mm-hmm. you know, you talked about like letting go of guilt. What other things would you say, like if somebody is experiencing loss, whether it's something to be prepared for or just something of just what, what encouragement or advice do you have? Like, and, and I want, even if it's raw and ugly. I would say the first thing you have to do, maybe... I don't know. Maybe you can just find out more about your relative or your loved one. Just just find out as much as you can about that person, good or bad. And try to hold on to the memories and the and the feelings and the lessons and the traditions and all those things about that person and hold that right there in your heart. Study the word. I I started reading. I found books. You can't really see. This is like, this is my office, but I have to show you 
there's like some books. Oh, I see that. Yeah, on. right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a lot of books and stuff over there. This, actually, this was my husband's office. And then when COVID happened, I kicked him out. And so uh, he was like, yeah, dog. So he's in the dining room. <laughs> That's his office. He signs a lot. He's doing a lot of mortgage loans in the dining room. Who knew? But uh, I read a lot of inspirational books. I found messages from my grandmother about uh, that she wrote in a flap of all these inspirational books that my mom and my grandmother had and about studying the word and, and getting close to God. Mm-hmm. I would also recommend counseling. Yeah. I would say there's nothing wrong with therapy and getting counseling. And I still think that I should do it. I should really take the time to do it. I mean, obviously we have restrictions because of COVID, but you they can have do it online virtual. sessions. Yeah. Right. You can do it. You can do it virtually. I just feel like with me, with everything that happens so fast, I had a baby, a, a premature baby. And I had to figure out how to be the best mother that I can be with my premature baby. Because after I had her, I was able to go home. I was in ICU when I delivered my baby. And so was she. So they went to my husband and they said, listen, your wife's in ICU and your daughter. And my husband said, well, y'all got to figure this out because I can't do this without my wife. So y'all figure this out. So, so many moments where I, we went through so much, me and him so fast together that we're so strong. And I'm going to say our marriage is perfect. I'm not going to sit up here and say we don't argue and have disagreements. We don't go to bed mad. We, if we, we're disagreeing about something, we talk about it because we feel like life's too short. My father-in-law is ill right now. So now my husband, I'm there trying to be there for yeah, him support, because yeah. he's dealing with, with the stuff as well. He's, he saw what I had to go through. So we're just together as family and we're trying to be two strong parents for our daughter, but not perfect. Though. Mm-hmm. We're not perfect. And there's some things that we try to instill in her and we want her to learn. And there's some things that, um, we may, there's some things like sometimes I'll say something to Tasha and just because I was raised a certain way or it was like that for me, I'll say to her, well, that ain't how I was raised and that's not how we do it. And then me and my husband go, but that's not her, that's not her journey. That's not her deal. Right. So we, we, he and I have said to her, you know what? We're sorry, Tasha. You know what? This is how it was for us. This is not like this for you. But this is why we said what we said, or this is why we're doing what we're doing. So we learned too. We told the parents make mistakes too. So it's all a process. It's all a journey. But don't be so judgmental and hard on yourself. Have grace. And look, and, and look for perfection. Be grateful. Be appreciative. It's people out here that are furloughed. They're losing their jobs. They don't have a peace of mind. It's so much. Much. It's so much going on and you have to, and if you don't have, you know, I'm saying all this, my husband is my husband. If you don't have a husband, you have a friend, a girlfriend, a mentor, a pastor, a preacher, someone that you need to be able to talk to. And let me say this. And I'm just going to say this because this is what you do. 
as well, Don. I'm going to say this. Put down that phone. Social media. Stop trying to live your life the way that other people live their lives and you think that you're missing out on something. And so you're putting pressure on yourself to live like the Joneses or this celebrity or that celebrity because you don't know their story. You don't know their journey either. So stop trying to uh, have this look if you will. That's a lot of pressure too. And a lot of celebrities, I I feel like that's probably what they're dealing with and what they're going through, trying to keep up as well. And I just feel like sometimes when you go through a loss, it's just like for me, that the things that I feel like matters most now, that's what I pay Mm -hmm. attention to. I realize, you know, I, how much I got to take a chance on myself. And that's why I go so hard right now because Carla, I got to make this work because that's why I wasn't with my mother. But you go too hard. Talk to me. You go hard, go hard, hard, Don. And I want you to be able to smell the roses sometimes that's and true. just step back because it's not going anywhere. It's if you're in a race. We got you, girl. You are in a great position. You're a great talent. You are talented. You're creative. It's okay. There's no clock. There's no clock. There's no race. And you got to stop putting so much pressure on yourself. Now, don't get me wrong. You have a high pressure job and people don't know what you do day to day. I know what you do day to day. You know what I do day to day. Mm -hmm. It's a high pressure job. And I know that's, that's stressful too. But for yourself, stop judging yourself on gotta get this done gotta get that done gotta get let it be live your life enjoy when it comes it's gonna come look at you mentioned your segment you mentioned that your mom was there for you for your segment it happened it may not come when you want it but it be there right on time. Just like God, if people say he's an on time God, right. yes, he yeah. is. And things, you just realize how things have to go in place. And that's yeah. a true word because I'm trying, I want to learn that balance. And I guess for me, and that's why I'm like, okay, I asked you about how your grieving process is because I put that pressure on because for me, oh my gosh, hey y'all. I have no other It's choice. going down over here. <laughs> <laughs> Carla, I don't have a choice. The option to not make it, that's not it for me. You made it, though. What do you mean not to make it? You uh, well, to have my own, like, you know, to, to, to have like a, you know, to live a life where, where, you know, I have my home and I'm able to travel where, you know, I'm working with my brand because the only thing I'll say, and if I didn't, I will never forgive myself because it's like, Dawn, you could have been with your mother. But I do have to balance because I know my mother will want me to live. And I, I realized like even when I was um, when I was in New York and I used to assist a radio personality named Egypt. She lives in Atlanta now. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, and it was probably then that I probably tried to learn the balance because that's when I started to realize time and where time is spent. So I'm making sure. And that's why I was like, you know, even speaking to somebody else that, you know, if your thing is not drugs, if it's not working out, if you're not into that, don't forget that sometimes you can get caught up in working. 
and not to distract yeah. yourself. And like how we talked right. about being so present and living mm-hmm. on purpose, protecting your space, knowing who you're giving your energy to. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that was definitely a word. That's a word for me. Yeah, absolutely. You can you can arrive in the moment and enjoy that moment. You've arrived and you've accomplished something that you've set out to accomplish and you haven't even had a chance to enjoy it yet. You've arrived at something that you obtained. It was a goal on shore on your vision board or your bucket list or whatever it was. You can check that off as complete, but you haven't even really enjoyed that. You're selling it and you're branding it, but celebrate that moment and don't feel bad about it. Enjoy it and celebrate and say, okay, now that I've had that moment, let me look to see what's next. Not rush, rush, rush. Let me get to this now. I got that. That will bring about stress. Stress brings about chronic disease. That's that disease. Chronic disease brings about illness. And we just talked about how our mothers had chronic disease and had an illness. So it is an issue with us as black women. It's an issue with us as black men, but it's an issue with everybody. Stress will kill you. And the pressure, the pressure that you put on yourself will bring the stress. And I, I, and, and you know, you and I, we talk a lot. And I'm just like, girl, child, been there, saw that, been to I'm good, I'm good. I'd rather be at home, sitting on the couch, watching a movie with my kid or watching a movie. But Carl, with- that's easy for you to say. You've already traveled the world. But I'm you've, saying, you've been I, a- I, yeah, I'm saying I had to get to that point. But while I was in that moment, Dawn, I enjoyed it. I didn't pressure myself to say, oh, I got to get this, 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 this. And if I don't get all these things, dang it. I didn't do that. I enjoyed the moment. What's next? If it comes, it comes. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It's not the end of the world. But you are a hustle. And there's nothing wrong with a hustle. It's not, I'm not saying don't hustle. But you got to find that balance between the hustle and taking the taking the time out to was a um, bad boy movies. Woosa, you got to take woosa, woosa. Martin Lawrence, those years, woosa. You got to take that moment because if you don't, you hustling for what? For, for what? nothing. For what? For nothing. Now you sick. You didn't hustle yourself into well, sick. Well, but we ain't going to speak that. No, 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 no. No, and I just mean anybody. Yeah, you hustled yeah. yourself into and you go, dang, what was all that for? What was it for? You know? And I think that's yeah. what I, I happened to look at when I came out to LA. That was the moment it's like, okay, Dawn, now it's time to, to, to be intentional with everything. Yeah. That is something that I am actively working and making sure, you know, carving at that time and uh-huh. making sure how to put self first. Because, you know, when I talk about vitamin D, you know, and, and making deposits in your account, this is all about shedding light to everyone. And my yes. name being a pun off of vitamin D and getting that from the sun. But another thing I talk about I is your life that. bank account. And we have to take time. And even as you've spoken as a reminder of me, when we talk about a life bank account, just like you do have a checking account, what kind of deposits and what kind of liabilities are in your account? And here's yeah. the thing, whether that is the chase of, oh, deposit, deposit, grind, grind, grind. You can't live like that. 
because it's yeah. all about finding that balance. And that's one thing I think is so admirable that when I see you, because it's mm. like you've had trauma in your life and yet you can mm. still balance to be a successful woman, a successful wife, an amazing mother and still living out the mm. dreams that you want. So I look at you and I say, wow. And then on top of all of that amazing stuff, mm. you're a person and you're relatable. Yeah. And you can understand you. and you can empathize. So I appreciate you for that and be an example to me for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, girl, uh, it is my pleasure. I am here for, for you, for my sisters, my brothers. It's just, we're just out here. <laughs> like, like my husband would say, just be 100. Just be real just about it. Real, right? <laughs> just, <laughs> just keep it one thousand and be real about it and let folks know about the journey and what what is going on and what is ahead because like i said i just don't want to look up and say where did it go yeah what happened nah yeah i don't i really really don't i want to be aware i want to be present i want to enjoy you know i have to to teach that to my daughter too because kids are like that too you know, we lay stuff out, they do stuff, they hang, they be with their friends, and then they go, What's next? I'm bored. <laughs> like, well, well sit down and marinate a little bit. <laughs> hey, we just did I'm bored, mom. You know, and then they, they pick up their phone and, you know, they on to the next thing. So we have to teach them the same thing and we have to remind ourselves, I wonder where you get that from. Mm-hmm, <laughs> you know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, girl. But I love this vitamin D. I love Thank that. You. It came to me that. when I lived in New York and it was like, you know, probably uh, probably on the brink of when my mom did pass away. And it was mm-hmm. something this guy came to me because inspiring and motivating. That's just me. That's what I yeah. thrive on. That's and what that's excites you. me. That is like you. that's just threading of that. And it started out as I would use lyrics of popular music. And I would mm-hmm. intertwine into a motivational message. And even as you said, Dawn, smell the roses. It's, it's almost been 10 years since I even birthed vitamin D. And now to see the transition of how it metaphors, it went through a process of metamorphosis to be a podcast yeah. on iHeart. Yeah. And I am sitting right now. I am talking to a program director of a nationally syndicated radio show. Like, thank you for, t- thank you for investing in my dreams. Thank you for taking this time with me. No, really. Like, <laughs> this girl, is my pleasure. Whatever you want, girl, I got you. You got next, honey. I love to sit back and watch who's next. That talent, that energy that you have, that experience, all of that, all of that that you bring to the table. Girl, I'll be sitting back going, look at Dawn. Look at Dawn do her thing. Then I'll be like, whoo. <laughs> Thank God she got next. And then you do it. You pay it for it. That's what what it's all about, right? That's what we do. So how can we um, pay it forward and support you? Uh, You know, I know that you do have uh, various initiatives when it comes down to breast cancer awareness. Is there anything Mm -hmm. you want people to know or uh, any causes that you uh, stand in the forefront that we can help support with? Well, as far as, you know, breast cancer awareness, like you said, I'm a, I'm a tireless breast cancer advocate. I do a lot of things for different organizations of breast cancer awareness, whether it's an organization that is focused on uh, making sure that people of low income neighborhoods have proper funding available for mammograms and self-test breast examination, whether it's an organization that's asking me to go, uh, asking me to participate in a walk, you know, whether it's research, whether it's um, 
talking to people regarding being a survivor, being a co-survivor. Uh, I've had the opportunity to go speak with uh, the Black Caucus uh, years ago in Washington, D.C. And this is when President Obama was in office and I had an opportunity to talk along with doctors and oncologists and research and other community leaders about how important it is to keep funding available for women of color to make sure that they're taking care of them, taking care of themselves as far as uh, health care. And because um, a lot of times with us, I think with the myth about breast cancer, um, we don't take the time to go to the doctor. And I think that's a problem that women have. You know, we take care of everybody and else, forget the kids, the man, everybody else. And then we don't take the time to go go to the doctor. So just all of these different initiatives that it's my pleasure, it's my honor, it's my obligation and duty to be a part of. So I'm a part of all of that. I have something that's coming up pretty soon, maybe next month in August that I'm going to be a part of, I think. You know, it's like everything got shifted with COVID. So a lot of things, people are having to restructure things and do things virtually and online. So whatever it takes for us to keep continuing to get the word out because of COVID, cancer ain't stopping. It ain't. You know, it ain't. So we got to make sure that, yes, we are safe from COVID, but we got to make sure that we are focused and bringing awareness about cancer and other chronic illnesses. illnesses. And that's illnesses loving on self, well. that's eating right, that's working out. That's just saying, peace be still. Yes, that's so thank it. You Diet, that. nutrition, all of that. Yes. Okay, so I was wondering, um, where can folks follow you or find out more information? I know they can hear you Monday through Friday on the Steve Harvey Morning Show. But beyond that, how can they check you out? <laughs> uh, you can hit me up at Lips by Carla on Instagram, uh, Twitter as well. And then on Facebook, Carla Farrell. All caps. That's my fan page. Follow your girl. <laughs> Lips by Carla. Carla Farrell. Yes. Well, yes. thank you so much um, for being with me today. Thank you for oh. speaking life into me. Oh, thank you, Don. Thank you for having me. Look at vitamin D as a gift that keeps on giving. Girl, this was therapy for both of us. I know people listening to this podcast will be like, whoo, child. <laughs> But it was needed. It was needed. It was a cleansing. It was needed. For, yes. So for sure. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And if you're out there understanding that if you're dealing with a loss, you don't have to do this alone. Understand to be patient with yourself. Have grace with yourself. Learn to love you and learn you right. Understand that time does heal, but you have to be patient with it. And understand that loving on yourself is loving on someone else. So... Thank you, Carla, for being here. Thank you for speaking life. And most importantly, thank you for further instilling why it's important to understand that you are your greatest asset. That's it for vitamin D today. Hugs and kisses. Oh, wow. Now that conversation was even healing for me. I can't tell you how important it is to surround yourself with friends, colleagues, mentors, people that can help support you on your journey, people that can speak on certain and similar situations that you've been going through. So thank you, Carla Farrell, for sharing your story, for being so open, so honest, so vulnerable, for just being you. And I want to say this to you as well, um, to you listening, that 
You know, losing my mom to this date is by far the most traumatic, the most heartbreaking thing I've experienced. But I think at the same time, or no, not I think, I know at the same time is that there's nothing that I can't face. After experiencing such a loss like that, it makes me think of Sia and her song, Titania. She says, I'm bulletproof, nothing to lose. Fire away, fire away. And that's what I feel. That's what I feel like the loss of my mother has given to me. There's nothing that I can't do. There's nothing that I won't do because I can't get that time back with my mother. And I know how much she put into me to become everything that I am. So I have to use this pain, this hurt to propel me to make sure that I seek out my wildest dreams. And that's what I want for you. Because when you realize that time waits for no one, you can't wait for a perfect opportunity. You can't wait for somebody to offer you a job. You can't wait till you lose a certain amount of weight. I need you, I want you, I plead you to live right now. And every loss, every pain that you've experienced it, think of it like a callus, think of it like a shield where things just start to reflect off of it. Because you've been there, done that. You are stronger. You are wiser. You are a warrior. So if you loved Carla as much as I did and you want to learn more about her, make sure you catch her Monday through Friday on the Steve Harvey Morning Show. You can also find her online at Lips by Carla on Instagram and Twitter and on Facebook at Carla Farrell, all caps. And as always, you can catch us where you get your podcasts every Monday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast for more inspiring conversations and insights. And if you're looking to get even more vitamin D in your life, you can also follow me at Dawn Day Speaks on all social media. That's Dawn, D-A-I Speaks on all social media. And until next time, always remember, you are your greatest asset. of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now. 
your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.